some information uh, and connect with you that way. There's also people in the comments that are constantly there ready to connect with you uh, if there's additional needs that you have. Um, we've been trying to find ways to serve in our community. Uh, just this past week, we had one of our members uh, deliver six cases, uh, uh, six 20 packs of the N95 masks, which we quickly were able to distribute to our ministry partners and others who were in need of masks. Uh, our ministry partner, Double Portion India, with Glenn Badonsky, uh, Double Portion is a global ministry, but in India they have been given the privilege of serving those who can't eat right now because they don't have any food. And, uh, and so uh, they are serving, and they shared with me that the government gave approval to the church, which is highly unusual to be able to serve. So we're real grateful for that. And uh, we're looking forward to partnering with them and seeing how God's going to bless them abundantly through the process. Of course, we partnered with them. Uh, tonight, uh, Art Smith, uh, Art and Meredith are going to be leading a Zoom group. And you'll find that information inside uh, your Facebook page uh, at the end of service today. And it's a service, it's a, uh, a study on in his time. It's going to be a monthly study where we look at pain and suffering. And we look at those answers and try and find those solutions. And so um, we encourage you to join Art and Meredith tonight at 6 p.m. for in his time. Uh, there's a bunch of exciting things happening on Thursday. This Thursday, my wife and I are going to be in the uh, parking lot uh, of our 43rd Street big parking lot, and we're going to be giving out our the Easter Challenge devotional. It's a 30-day journey to deeper faith with Jesus, and so we're asking you to drive through. We're not breaking protocol. We'll have our gloves on. You drive through. We get to see your faces, and we get to hand you these wonderful studies that you can join us in the next 30 days as we take the Easter Challenge. So Thursday, 5 to 6.30, we'll be in the parking lot or until we run out. So we're going to do everything we can. So if you're local and around here and you want to do that, we also have kid packs. And in those kid packs are 10 candy-filled Easter eggs, a, uh, an, a, a, an, a Jesus-filled tomb, and you'll have to know what that looks like. There is uh, coloring books and crayons and all kinds of exciting things for the kids that you can come by, and we'll be giving out a pack per child. So uh, we want you to take advantage of that as well. Uh, Candace and Carmen and John and Rebecca will be in the parking lot, all spaced out, of course, spaced out appropriately, social distancing with gloves on, but we'd love to see your faces. And then on Saturday... Those directors are going to be live on, uh, on Facebook. Uh, actually, they're going to go live on Zoom. Let me correct that. They're going to go live on Zoom. And if you want to drop in, they want to see the kids' faces. They want to see all the little guys' faces, the youth's faces. They just want to do a little check-in, see how everybody's doing on Easter Saturday. So you can take that opportunity to do that. That Zoom link will be up as well. Um, and, and, and parents, I want to remind you, when it comes time for the service here, and sometimes... Um, uh, it's hard for kids to, to pay attention to me. I get it. But there is a wonderful set called Veggie Tales that you can set your kids up with while you're listening to our message. But also remember, our directors have equipped you. I'm going to say it again. Equipped you 
to lead your child in Sunday school. You have video curriculum. You have printable materials. You can literally lead your children in children's church, preschool, nursery, youth. You can literally, uh, uh, city kids, you can literally lead them through that. So we want you to take that time. We miss seeing your babies, but we can't wait until we can be together again. Remember, this Friday night, 6 p.m., We'll be doing our Good Friday service, and you're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be very interactive, so you're going to want to jump on that and uh, be a part of that. Good Friday, 6 o'clock, and then next Sunday right here, Easter at 9.15 a.m., we're going to celebrate Jesus. And all those folks that were scheduled for sunrise baptism on Easter, they have said they're going to reschedule. And the first Sunday we're able to get back together here, we're going to do a sunrise service. Then we're going to have our services here, and we're even going to have a praise choir that day because it's going to be off the charts. We're all going to be so excited to be together. So hopefully uh, you'll take advantage of all those things. I just wanted to make those few announcements so you'll know. But keep up with our app, City on a Hill Church. App is COA-FL, C-O-A-H-F-L. Um, and you can download that. You get daily encouragement. You can give. You can still give your tithe and offering to the Lord with a simple push of a button. You can even set up reoccurring gifts on there. You can re-listen to messages. And even today, if you're watching on a different device, you can go to our app, press Sunday, and get the study guide notes and fill them in right there on your app. So you can take advantage of all those things. Um, uh, and so we just encourage you to continue to give uh, and continue to serve, continue to find ways to, uh, to connect with other people and continue to make those calls. All of our groups are meeting. Watch our Facebook page. Watch our uh, app and we'll be able to get connected. Well, this morning I'm coming to you and I got to tell you, I, the Lord woke me up at 5.15 a.m. this morning and got me started praying. Because I've been excited about this opportunity to share with you. This is the final Sunday in our Lent uh, series. And it's called Celebrate While We Wait. And I couldn't think of a better time right now to think about celebrating while we wait. I just announced to you that Sunday sunrise, the first Sunday back, we're going to celebrate. But we got to wait. I also told you that we're going to have a praise choir and we're going to celebrate when we wait. Right now, we got to be six, six, uh, six feet apart from each other. It's kind of hard to have a praise choir six feet apart. But we're celebrating and waiting. And so as we come to this, this series, we have been looking at Lent. And we have been talking about these 40 days of getting closer to Jesus and how challenging that idea would be. And God has taught us to love Him and love each other through this struggle. And so Lent causes us to look at our morality, that's the way we live, and our mortality, what happens when we die. And so we've learned that both of those speak greatly to our faith. We understand that we are to celebrate while we wait, and even in this ec epidemic, we're starting to understand how our morality matters. The way you and I treat other people it matters to God. And so I'm hoping that you'll understand that. I'm also hoping to, you'll understand that how we behave during this time, if we are afraid of death and we're afraid of these things, then we'll be afraid to live. And it addresses our faith and our mortality and where we put our hope in God. 
But as we're going through this, we're going to talk about something, and you're going to get your fill-ins, but they're going to be toward the back end today. I just want to warn you in advance. Your fill-ins are going to be a little bit toward the back end because I want to talk about something that I think everybody wants to know. What about evil? Why evil? When we start thinking about this, we start asking ourselves, why evil? There's a problem that we deal with in this world called evil, and we're celebrating while we wait. And in the process, it seems like evil takes advantage. And so the primary issue with evil is actually defining what evil is. And so some people call evil, it's a force opposed to good. But the problem is if you define evil, uh, evil that way, that's a problem for the theists or those who believe in God because why would God create evil? And the truth of the matter is God created gravity, light, magnetism, so why would he create evil? But the truth of the matter is, is evil only exists as the absence of good. Evil only exists as the absence of good. Similarly, God created light. And so when we look at this, darkness in and of itself has no existence aside from the absence of light. Both of these things are a deprivation, meaning they, they, the absence of something else causes them. And so when we look at evil in our world today, there are two different kinds of evil. There is moral evil and there is natural evil. Two different kinds of evil. So what's the difference? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> the difference is this. Moral evil is caused by human activity. Things like murder, rape, robbery, embezzlement, hatred, jealousy. They're all moral evils because those are things that humans do to one another. When people who are created in God's image choose to act in defiance of God's laws and behave differently. But don't forget this, and this is important during this epidemic, during this situation. You know what moral evil also is? Moral evil is also linked to inaction, which means to purposefully ignore the cry of someone who needs help the bible says if you know the good you ought to and you don't do it it is sin and that's a moral agent meaning that you choose to not love your neighbor now natural evil is a whole different ball of wax natural evil is that which causes pain and suffering to humanity but it's not a direct human involvement it's pandemic diseases like coronavirus it's, it's, it's tsunamis, earthquakes, drought, famine. All of these things are cases of natural evil. These are things that have happened. Now, not because of humans, but this is just what happened because creation is crying out. The categories of natural and moral evil raise some questions for us, though. Some philosophers see natural evil as an obstacle to belief in an omnipresent omnipotent benevolent God and so they say if a human being allowed an earthquake or if a human being allowed cancer that person would be morally evil and if that person is a human being why would they do these things and why is it wrong for humans but right for God and the answer is simple God doesn't answer to you 
He doesn't answer to us, but you will answer to him. Romans 14, 12 says, so then each of us will give an account to God. God is not going to give an account to you. You are going to give an account to God. God alone holds the power of life and the power of death. It would be wrong for a person to cause an earthquake that would kill thousands of human beings, but it's not wrong for God to allow it because it's His prerogative. He is the creator, the giver of life. He can withdraw this gift whenever and however He chooses to because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I want you to take a minute and consider this. The fact that you and I are alive, the fact that God allows us to breathe breath right now is a matter of His grace and patience. He's gracious and patient with us as we face the uncertainty of these things i want you to consider a few things as we face uncertainty people have been asking when are we going to get back together when this when that we don't know but what i do know is god knows and i'm going to trust him as the omnipotent omniscient benevolent god to let us know when now natural evil is a result of original human sin. So don't think that humans don't have a part in natural evil. Absolutely. Natural evil came into existence because of humans. You see, we weren't made for this world. This world was created differently. It was beautiful. It was perfect. Sin, pain, and death entered into the system in Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die." Death would be introduced through that. They were created in a perfect environment, and yet they want it more. Doesn't that sound like us? We want more. Paul tells us that creation, because of that, because of that moment, because of human sin, Paul tells us that, that, that creation itself is now in the bondage of decay. So you wonder why viruses and earthquakes and all these tsunamis and all these terrible things happen. It's because the earth is groaning. But don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Romans chapter 8 verses 18 through 25 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. We celebrate while we wait. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, meaning that it was subjected to pain and death and all those things because of human error. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, speaking of Adam and Eve, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning. You know why these diseases and these sicknesses and these pandemics and all these things? Because it's groaning just like your body groans together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only creation, but we ourselves, 
We ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait. We wait to celebrate, and we celebrate while we wait, eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. We were saved. Nothing has changed. Corona hasn't changed the fact that Jesus saved us. Corona hasn't changed the fact that Jesus is preparing a place for us. Corona hasn't changed the fact that God is still on the throne. We need to keep that in our hearts. He says, now the hope, now look at this. Listen to this. This is amazing. This is God's word. I hope you're enjoying this because I'm sure loving sharing it with you. Uh, Now the hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees, right? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We celebrate while we wait. I can picture the day when everybody comes walking back in here after we just baptized 20, 25 people. Then we come in here and this place is jam-packed and there's a praise choir and we're getting our praise on to Jesus. I can see it now and it gets me excited. I hope it gets you excited as well. So when we understand that, we understand that natural evil is a result of original human sin. Now here's where it gets, here's where it gets sticky, and I need you to stay with me. This is where it gets sticky because you see natural evil is intensified by human sin. Natural evil is intensified by human sin. Now when we see a, a disaster, a pandemic, we see many examples of people working and giving sacrificially. I want to take a minute and I just want to thank our nurses and our doctors, your frontliners. I want to say thank you to our first responders. I want to say thank you to the people in the grocery store. All you people that are essential, thank you. That's heroic activity and we need you. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We pray for you regularly. Please know that. But then there's also on the other side, unfortunately, there's another side that intensifies our suffering. We see examples of people looting. We see examples of people price gouging. We see examples of people hoarding supplies. We see examples of people acting in selfish ways to the detriment of others. And what does that do? That makes natural evil worse. It intensifies the natural evil because people are now, moral agents are now adding to the natural evil and including moral evil with it. Did you know the greatest cause of famine in our world today is displacement because of warfare? But did you know that there is food right now rotting in warehouses in those countries because those governments are trying to find a way to take advantage of the people so they'll let their people starve instead of giving them the food they would rather see the food rot there are warlords that won't allow the food to be distributed even though the government has the ability to overpower them That's just real. I'm just trying to help us understand this. So here's what I'm trying to help you and me see today. The only hope in this world, in a world filled with moral, in a world filled with natural evil is Jesus Christ. He's our only hope. Because I want to tell you, listen to me church, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. There will be no social reform without spiritual renewal until your heart and my heart is renewed, social things won't matter to us until Jesus changes our heart. And Jesus said we're not going to be able to escape 
the evil of this world, but he promises, he promises that we'll experience it, but he also promises that he'll be with us. In John 16, 33, he says, I have said these things that you may have peace. He said you will have peace, a peace that passes all understanding when you petition God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. But he said in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we knew these things. He promises that we have an inheritance. What's that mean? We celebrate while we wait. We celebrate while we wait because there's a new heaven and a new earth that's promised to us. The created order will be restored. Original balance will be returned and he will eliminate natural evil and he will eliminate moral evil because we will be conformed to the image of Christ. Now, a Greek philosopher didn't like that. He didn't like the idea of God. So Epicurus, he says this, is God willing to prevent evil but unable to? Then he's, om- then he's not omnipotent, meaning he's not all-powerful. He said, is he able but not willing? Then he is malevolent, meaning that he has evil in him. Is he both able and willing? Then whence cometh evil? Then why did he create evil? Is he neither able nor willing? Then why do we call him God? He had that question. Well, I've got some answers for you, Epicurus. Let me go ahead and take those one by one and give you a little something-something for you to take home and put in your, in your book. Is God willing to prevent evil but in, unable to? Then he, is un, then he is not omnipotent. God is willing to limit evil and has acted to ju, do just that. That's what shows he is omnipotent. Evil doesn't disprove God. It proves God exists. It's important for us to keep our heart and our mind on that. Oh, and it says, but, but he's able but not willing, then he's malevolent. God is able but not willing because here's the fact. He's not going to abolish your free will and my free will. He's still omnibenevolent because he lets you make choices even when you are wrong. Is he both willing and able? Then whence did evil come? He acted and he defeated evil. The Bible says that God sent Jesus to destroy the works of the devil. Evil comes simply when we fail to, to, when we fail and fall short of the glory of God. So what does God do? God sends a cure for sin. When we fall short of the glory of God, he sends his son Jesus. And so then we come to this final one. Is he neither able nor willing? Then why call him God? The bottom line is, God is not willing to prevent our free will. Your disapproval does not make him any less God. Just because you disapprove of him does not make him any less God. He's still God whether you like it or not. You see, Jesus, he defeated Satan's sin and death. And we're confident. That's why we celebrate while we wait. Because here's our promise. Here's our promise. This is where our fill-ins are getting ready to get started. Revelation 21, 1 through 5 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming out of heaven (coughs) from God. Not Corona. Uh, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, listen to this, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself 
will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more for the former things have passed away and he who was seated on the throne behold I am making all things new he said write this down these are the words that are trustworthy and true that is why we celebrate while we wait we have a promise and here are some reasons just in case you already didn't have enough now you can start your feelings here are the reasons Jesus reversed the curse of separation between God and man you see, the cross of Christ is where the justice of God met the grace of God and the rightful wrath of God was satisfied in Christ Jesus. And objects of wrath, that was me, becoming objects of affection. And that's me now. And look in Genesis 3.24. Then he drove out man uh, and at the east of the Garden of Eden. He placed a cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the tree the way to the tree of life he put him out he separated this is the first time that god and man were separated but now look at this then i heard a loud voice behold the dwelling place of god is with man he will dwell with them and they will be his people and god himself will be with them as their god jesus reversed the curse of separation now you and i can boldly walk into the throne of grace isn't that good news not because of what I've done but because of what he has done the second reason we're going to move quickly the second reason Jesus reversed the curse of pain he reversed the curse of pain Genesis three sixteen. to the woman he said I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing in pain you shall bring forth children your desire shall be contrary to your husband and he shall rule over you and look in Genesis 3, uh, 18, what he says to Adam. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth, uh, and you shall eat of the plants. Meaning that now those thorns and thistles are going to puncture your hands. But then look at this, what he says in Revelation 21, 4. He says, I, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither there shall, shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Jesus reversed the curse of pain. Isn't that good news this morning? And then finally, one last reason to celebrate. Jesus reversed the curse of death. In this day and time, so many fear death. And I understand that. But I want you to know that death is a defeated foe. Our God has robbed the grave. We sang it earlier. And Genesis 3, 3 says, But God said, You shall not eat of the tree, of, uh, the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. By the sweat of your face. <coughs> Let me drink some water here. He says this, By the sweat of, uh, let me find myself right here. He says, You shall uh, eat. Till, your, uh, till the ground, and out of it you were taken, you are, uh, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Adam hadn't heard that before. That wasn't Adam's original intent. 
But then Revelation 24 steps in and says, He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And here's what I want you to hear this morning. I want you to hear this. This is my life verse. But God shows His love for us in that while we were sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified, justified meaning as if we never did, by the blood of Jesus, how much more shall we be saved from the wrath of God? For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son Jesus, how much more shall we be reconciled, shall we be saved to life? Guys, all of this is for us to understand we celebrate while we wait. Lent, these last 40 days, we've gotten closer to Jesus. We've started to understand our morality matters and in this pandemic in this epidemic that's sweeping our world we're realizing that the way we live matters how we love god and love others matters we're understanding that mortality all of a sudden all those things that we thought we couldn't live without we can live without them and life is more precious than anything else we're understanding our mortality And today I want you to know that you can have confidence. I want you to know that you can have confidence this morning. You can have confidence that no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, that that you serve a risen Savior. And it's not because of what you've done, but it's because of what He's done. And we can celebrate while we wait for the return of Jesus. You can have that kind of hope today, but all you have to do is simply believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Believe that He died on the cross for your personal sin. Believe that God raised Him back to life and defeated Satan, sin, and death. Believe that He has gone away to prepare a place for you and believe that one day He's coming to take you to be with Him. If you make those professions and you receive that as truth, then you get adopted into God's very own family. That's what John chapter 1, verse 12 says, that if I believe and if I receive, he gives me the right to be called a child of God, adopted into God's very own family. In just a minute, we want to pray for you. But I don't want to miss this moment. I want you to take a moment and really consider where you are. If you were to die today, do you know where you'd go? I want you to know that you can. You ask me, Pastor Mike, do you really believe that? Listen to me. I would not preach this if I didn't believe it with my whole heart. Jesus has been everything that he ever said he was and more to me. His grace, his mercy, his goodness, his kindness. And I want to invite you into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that simply says that you believe and you receive. You confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Now we can do that through prayer. And prayer doesn't have to be some mystical thing. It's simply us talking to God. It's communication with God. Some people say, oh, what's this sinner's prayer? It it has to do with your prayer. Where you say, Jesus, I love you, and Jesus, I believe in you, and Jesus, I receive you. 
And in that moment, God signs the adoption papers. And you decide that you want God to be your father and you decide that you, that, that, that you want to be his child. You believe, you receive, you repent, you confess. Let's pray together. Jesus, we come to you. We ask you to forgive us. We believe that you are the Son of God. We believe that you died on a cross for our sin. We believe that you were resurrected and you defeated death. We believe that you ascended to the Father. We believe you're preparing a place for us and that one day you'll come and take us that we may be where you are. We hold to the promise that you said, if it were not true, I would not have told you. And we choose by faith to repent and walk towards you. And we know we're not going to be perfect, but we're being perfected. We ask you to walk with us. We choose you as you choose us. It's by faith in Jesus that we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Well, listen, if you said that prayer, I want to welcome you into the household of faith. I want to welcome you into the kingdom of God. And God has amazing plans for you. And you can start by reading the Gospel of John. Pick it up. Just start reading it. The Gospel of John. If you don't have a Bible, download our app, Koa. Dash FL, C O A H dash FL, and you'll see there's a Bible already in there. Just type in the word John, and the book of John will come up, and you can start reading the book of John immediately. If you'd like to be baptized on the first Sunday we're back, you let us know by calling the church office at 727 851 9999, or you can uh, email us at info at cityonahillchurch.tv that's info at cityonahillchurch.tv and you can let us know and we'd be honored to share in your baptism it'll be a special time for us here's what i know i'm looking forward to all of our zoom groups this week it's going to be an amazing time directly following this service candace will be available at 10:30 for prayer should you need prayer looking forward to that also, uh, Lorena and I are looking forward to seeing your faces. Even if they have masks on them, we're looking forward to seeing your faces as we give these out on Thursday from 5 p.m. to 6.30 in the parking lot that is right off of 43rd Street North. You know our, our building is on 43rd Street North and 13th uh, Avenue North. We're going to be in that parking lot. We're looking forward to giving these Easter devotionals and going on a 30-day journey with you. We're looking forward to giving your kids the kids pack so you guys can have Easter egg hunts. Looking forward to Saturday morning drop-in so all of our directors can see your kids' faces. And uh, we're just excited. And remember, tonight, um, uh, Art and Meredith Smith are going to be uh, sharing their, uh, their uh, monthly Bible study on In His Time. You're going to want to get connected on dealing with pain and suffering. And uh, remember, all of our different groups, go to the Facebook page, keep up with that. Make sure that you're spending time doing all those things so that we can keep you connected to the church family we love you we're praying for you we believe that god's got amazing things in store for all of us uh, but please be praying for a cure i still believe in the power of prayer i believe that god's going to give a cure 
And I believe that God's going to help. And He's going to help spare lives. So let's keep praying for that. Make sure if God puts somebody on your heart, call them. Connect with them. Check with your neighbors. Find out how they're doing. Uh, we had some neighbors that didn't have masks, and we had some masks, and we were able to give them to them, and they were overwhelmed by the, just the simple act of kindness. Whatever you can do, grocery shop, whatever it is, you'd be amazed at what we can do together to help each other through this. But we love you. We're looking forward to seeing you. Good Friday, 6 p.m., and it's going to be interactive, and it is going to be a powerful powerful time of worship and then easter sunday we're going to come together and we are going to celebrate the resurrection of jesus christ i hope that you'll invite one last thing before i go facebook i have used all my invites they won't let me invite any more people i constantly create a new event and try they won't let me so i need your help inviting people because they, they've done said i can't invite nobody else every time i go to look at my invites it says zero and last week they gave me 50 i'm like really 50 and so if you're able to share our Good Friday on your page, share our Easter on your page, invite your friends and family to worship with you. We love you guys, and we will see you. I'll see some of you Thursday, hopefully a lot of you. We have 400 of these. Uh, hopefully we'll see a lot of you on Thursday, and then for sure on Friday night. God bless.